Welcome to Maker Skills, exploring your internal toolkit with PJ, Tanda, and Tom. Welcome back, everyone, for episode 45. Tom, you look like I'm talking another language. Are you okay? Yeah, I'll be okay. Okay. All right. Just double checking. I'm here. That's that's really all I can do. All right. Uh, that's that's more than I can ask from you most days. I'm I'm out of the well. That's good. Yes. Yes. We 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 couldn't help you last week. It was um it was rather comical just seeing the top of your head. Hmm. This week we have a special guest. Graz makes is with us. Howdy. Bah, bah, bah. Da, da, da. Yeah, we're we're all the horns. I thought I was gonna get horns. Uh, we put them in in the edit. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sweet. Actually, we just get Tom to make a bunch of bird noises. That's uh. Yeah, Tom. Tom is slowly like reclaiming the reclaimed audio Jimmy Duresta horn. He he's picking off a few notes every couple episodes, and eventually he'll have the whole thing. Nope, that wasn't it. But kind of wasn't it. I was off. I was off. I'm sorry. Via Michael Winslow from uh, Police Academy. Right. Oh, I wish we could yeah, get him. Yeah. That would be great. I, that would be amazing. I bet you you could. If you offered him like $3 and like a burger, he'd probably come on the podcast. He's probably on, I bet I bet he's on Cameo for pretty cheap. He, he was just on like one of those America's Got Talent shows or something. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, I, I, I saw him, I really? saw like news of him on one of those shows in one of my news feeds. What's his name? Michael Winslow. Yeah, it's, I saw it pop up on YouTube. Now you get a best of Jones. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's just going to sit there and Google everything. <laughs> you, we just keep going, Graz. You can just keep going. When you say something like that, Tom is going to go off and Google it. All right, but, yeah. But the no, podcast just, I, I just goes on. We I lose wanted, Tom. Yeah, I wanted to hear someone eat a hamburger, but someone else actually make the noise. So if you could just cue up Michael Winslow eating a, a cheeseburger or a sandwich. He'll get he's, something. He's somewhere around $95 on Cameo. Worth every penny. Oh, that's way out of our budget. It is. That's way out of our budget, yeah. <laughs> and that happens to, to correlate with how many sequels they made of Police Academy. 95. <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right, yeah. Nine, 95 and a half? Yeah, Mahoney's like 107 by now. <laughs> I'd, I'd, so. still, I'd go to the 96th version of Police Academy. I totally, I'm waiting for the reboot. Right. Yeah. Right. Who isn't? Oh my that's the question. Who isn't? But it. getting back to our skill of the week... Graz, what is your dominant skill set? I think my dominant skill set would probably be knife making. I've uh, I've kind of done that consistently for the last six years right now, five or six years. And um, I think that is kind of my dominant uh, skill set out of all of them. Out of all of them. Like, I have a lot. Well, you know. Out of we'll, all, all two. Out of we'll all two. We'll find out more later. Sleeping yeah. eight hours straight and knife making are my two dominant skill sets. <laughs> oh, you've been talking to Tanda. Yeah, sleeping is not a skill. You can't use that one. I don't know. I'm pretty good at it. Uh, have you I've seen used it? I've used it as a skill a couple times in the podcast. She's yeah, I mean, try to use it as a skill. Yeah. It's it's an involuntary action. It's not I don't a know. Skill. I, I, you in the in the pre um, no. interview, you weren't very good at sleeping at, at Tony's with the with the tent. So I'm just saying, I probably would have just slept right yeah. through that. Woke up in a lake somewhere. Yeah. See. Well, I I did sleep through it. I just didn't like it. You were just angry through sleep. Well, once you get better at the skill, you'll learn to like it, though. I think that's what Graz is saying. You'll you'll I eventually mean, get good enough at sleeping through anything that you'll wake up refreshed and and enjoy it. 
Okay, so I think in order for this to be fair, um, the three of you need to sleep in a wet bed with water dripping on your head and see how long you can stay asleep and then get back to me. Sleep? Yeah. On a very special episode. Yeah. We sleep through <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly where we're going with this. What what skill class? What skill class is knife making? Um, I, w- I think... Uh, on a scale of something to something else. Okay, on a knife scale of 1 to 10. I would say getting into it, it's a pretty low, uh, pretty cheap thing to get into. And then to master it, like like guitar playing. It's pretty easy to, to play a Ramones song with three chords. At the end of the day, you're like, hey, I played a song. At the end of the day, if you sharpen a blade and heat treat it, you've made a knife. But to make something really nice, I think entry level, I'd say probably around a three. And then to make really, really nice stuff is probably an eight or nine. Because there, there's a lot of things that can go wrong on many steps. And, and during the process, there's a lot of things that are almost out of your control, like the heat treating. And you're just kind of leaving it up to the, the knife gods to keep the blade straight or keeping the bevels right or heat treating it properly. So there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And over the many, many failures I've done, I've kind of figured that out and kind of leveling my beveling my skills set up but i think it's probably entry level three kind of mastery level eight or nine i'd say so so it sounds like if i'm understanding you correctly Graz, you're at like a negative five. Oh yeah yeah if that okay yeah i'm i'm like what is this stale and wood and just glue everything together and just start chopping wood with it yeah right yeah that's basically what the rest of us do so we're, you're in good company just buy a knife from Ikea and ruin it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But and then and then you make like a folding knife, which adds so much more complication to it. And then you add different steels. There's like stainless, there's high carbon. Then there's all these like crazy alloy steels. So it really is quite a, 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 a process to get to. You kind of level up each time. Right. Yeah. If you make a folding knife on your first go, you know, don't worry about it. You probably just need a little bit stiffer steel. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, and if you can do a folding knife in your first go, yeah, you're you're doing all right. That's like I'm just gonna start playing the piano, and oh, I just wrote a concerto. Oh, you're talking about like folding into a handle. Yeah, like a like a yeah, leather not a folding knife like oh. you try to use. Yeah, it, it <laughs> no, like a, like a soft over. folding yeah, knife. Yeah, gotcha. if, if if that's the case, I, here then, I thought I was getting the hang of it. Yeah, if that's yeah. the case, I have a whole stack that I can show you that I made a bunch of folded knives of me getting gotcha. frustrated. Folded knives. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I've got a lot to learn here. <laughs> grammar technicality Exa- there. Exactly. If you take a a thin piece of paper that's roughly about let's say two inches wide. And you fold it in half, that's a folding knife because you can get a bad paper cut from one of those things. Let me tell you something. I almost lost a pinky. There, I mean, you got to be careful around a, a nice sharp piece of paper. I'll tell you what's worse than a paper cut. Have you ever gotten a cardboard cut? I don't, I oh, don't yeah. know. If, maybe yeah. I ha- yeah, I think I have. That's even worse. Or MDF cuts. Those are nasty too, where it breaks off and it just leaves that little like just the face where it's a little Ugh. smoother than the rest because kind of sticking out those those hurt after a while too i just i just made a like a japanese style like chopping knife and, and the thing was like a scalpel sharp and i cut my my finger with it and it's like you can feel it and it doesn't even hurt and then mm-hmm. you're like looking at it and then just blood just starts pouring from it and you're like mm-hmm. well it will cut 
That yeah, yeah. that's the worst. Yeah, when yeah. You, like, you look in and you're like, those are tendons. Yeah, but it, and then it starts bleeding. <laughs> it just felt like it went like cutting a tomato. It was just like, you're like uh, ooh, that feels weird. Oh, grasmato. Those are pretty rare. Exactly. So it is time for uh, history and fun facts. Uh, Graz, did you do any research on knife making? I have, in 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 many aspects. But for this, I um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I not not so much. I forgot to That's do my okay. homework. That's okay. Yeah, you're the guest, pro. so you're you're allowed to pass. He's okay. He's really good at this. Man, he's he's <laughs> yeah. taking our he's taking our thunder, Tom. Yeah, I was gonna say, can I call a friend or something? Oh my God, he's a lifeline. Well, one person on the podcast is allowed to do no research, and that means everybody else has to do it. And since you claimed it, that means that Tom has to have done something, or he gets voted off the island. With the with, oh, with the gosh. look that Tom is giving right now, it's 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 really a very confident look. So I'm yeah. excited to yeah. hear what he's, he's about to say. He's looking at the screen just off to his right. He's actually he's doing his research. <laughs> yeah, it, right it, now. it looks like he's trying to crack the matrix. He's got like 14 screens, just being like history of knife making, knife making, knife making, knife making. Yeah, typically we waffle on for a bit, and I have a go at some stupid research so that he has enough time to do his research. And then PJ actually has looked something up and spent, you know, minutes, maybe you know, maybe tens of minutes on it. Actual minutes, yeah. yeah. Tom's Tom's in a pool of sweat right now. We better get this going before he starts to dissolve. Tanda, <laughs> did you do any research on knife making? Uh, the only research I did on knife making, uh, Tom, you better hurry, is that... Uh, used to pronounce in old English, used to pronounce the K in all of the words that start with K, like knife and canoe and canoe and, and, uh, and canite. Who canoe that? And so there weren't, there, there weren't all of these, uh, they weren't all of these, uh, homophones like no and no and, and night and night and new and new, um, because they were actually two different words. They were Canoe and new and knight and knight and knife. And I don't think there's a word called just a knife without a K, but yeah. So, and at some point, at some point it, it went away. Sidebar, uh, Graz, uh, you're, you're like a, the knife master here. Is, is any of that sound true whatsoever? I, I'm, I'm totally, uh, I'm my next question was when did it change or are you just saying that i i can't tell if you're joking or not but it you're totally selling it right so i think she's totally making it up so i'm not buying a single bit of it i'm ready to go to the streets and and get on a uh an apple box and just start yelling those facts down in downtown salem all right i'm gonna i'm gonna confront her up she's coming back she's coming tanda yeah i don't believe one word of that no one pronounces the k well not now but okay, uh, what's know, your the, proof that that this was an actual thing? Uh, time travel? Oh yeah, history. Oh, that's valid. Yeah, <laughs> you went back in time and checked. Yeah, yeah. I I went back. I went back uh, many many years to uh, to Salem in honor <clears throat> of Graz, and I started <clears throat> telling people this, and and man, I, if I wouldn't have got untied, I would have drowned. Yeah. It was it was horrible. They were dunking they were dunking me in water and uh, and I and I got back to the TARDIS just in time. Back back in that that's the actual witch trial. People were pronouncing everything's with K's and then they they were like, nope, you're a witch. We're this gonna crush ridiculous. you by rocks. Yep, this yeah. is ridiculous. <laughs> you're a I'm witch. Still, I'm still not buying it. I'm still not buying. It. But you know what? 
The only reason I'm going to accept it is so that I can go to Tom and see what he didn't research. Oh, let me click over to the other tab. So, well, and then Tom, I always sidetrack Tom's research by him researching my research mid mid his research. Tom, are you looking up Kniffs? Is that what's happening, or did you actually do your own research? Yeah, I already I already did. I've been trying to cut in for like seven minutes now. Um, sometime in the 1500s, they started dropping the K sound. Just it's 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 real. For what uh, what reason? Google. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no idea. No idea. I so Graz. I only. You're, you're totally me in fifth grade when I did oral reports. I would just do the facts, and then they'd ask me questions like, <laughs> "I don't know." That's I don't what know. I read. I, that's all I read. Uh, yeah, I rarely click on a link on Google. I usually just read the blurb, and that's good enough for this podcast. So. Uh, I did find something, and it was a thing that I didn't know if it was real or, like, I saw it in a movie once, but it's kind of real. According to Superstition, PJ, what a knife presented as a gift will sever the friendship between the giver and the recipient. The only way around this is to attach a penny or a coin of symbolic value to the knife, and then the, the receiver of the knife will then give the coin back to the giver as a form of payment, negating the gift. Mm-hmm. What, what if you like epoxy the penny into the handle and then give it to them? And Whoa. then, and then they're, they're, uh, like there's kind of a conundrum there. I think you have to stab them and then it also... No, it's actually... Uh, non- it's, it's pronounced nundrum now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's a con- conundrum. That's, a, that's now a now we now we say nundrum because that gives us that gives us back the cuss sound to use on our knives. Yeah, uh, Tom, that's a valid superstition, but do you know where it originally dates back to? Did you really research superstitions? Of course, I researched superstitions. You know, I researched superstitions every single episode. No, the blurb on Google doesn't tell me all those details. Why don't you fill us in? Does Gross know? It goes back to the Vikings. Okay, and it was perceived that uh, if someone uh, getting a knife that isn't able to buy one himself uh, is is good enough to get the knife to kill the giver, uh, so he has to be given the knife for free, thus to avoid the intended insult, Vikings would sell a knife to a friend cheaply for the cost of one copper coin. I, I love how there's, wow. there's loopholes in that, like yeah. in superstitions where you're like, <laughs> I know this. I know this is a knife, but give me the penny, and we're cool, right? So there were there mm-hmm. were Viking cool Viking now. superstition attorneys. Yeah, yeah. That 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 wrote all of this up. Yeah, but it, it is funny. I I I don't know where I heard it, but like literally last week, I heard that fact about knives, about the whole like receiving a knife is like a bad thing, and you're gonna get killed with it or something like that, and then you had to like give it as a gift, and there was like a weird exchange of like something for the knife as a loophole for the superstition right right well that's only true for for vikings um i've got a whole host of superstitions here that actually say quite the opposite so uh, as is tradition uh, i did research superstitions and with the exception of the one that tom said uh, i've got a list of 25 knife superstitions Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. This this is usually the part where Tom leaves, Grass. So. This is no. This is the part where he says twenty five, but I'm only gonna read three. But each one has like fourteen parts to it, 
and it's very confusing. Right. If you've never oh. heard of a sub superstition, just just hang on. <laughs> just hold hold on to your pants. Oh, well, if we're counting the sub superstitions, it's actually like ninety seven. Yeah, that's that's closer to the to the number there. Number twenty five. He says that to make us feel better. Uh, All right, we're already an hour in. What do you got, PJ? It's only fifty minutes. I don't know what you're talking. You yeah, can't it's count, seventeen Tom. on my end. I was like, "What? It's been an hour." So yeah, it's uh, that rabbit hole. The first superstition is that placing a knife under the bed of a woman giving birth is believed to ease her pain during labor. <laughs> Anyone? What? Yeah, I, I got nothing. I, I would say that's probably true because you know if you're if you're still holding it in your hand. You know, and yeah, and it gets too annoying. Enough. It 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 could cause pain. So it's probably good to put it out of reach. Okay, okay, we'll go with yeah. that. We'll go with that. You know, all all of these are based in some sort of like precedent or truth. So like, sometime don't no cross cross don't encourage him. <laughs> okay, I'll just okay twenty four. <laughs> Thank you twenty four. Sorry, I I didn't mean to cut you off. There, That's buddy, okay. But yeah, don't twenty four. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna change your mind on that. Uh, number two. Oh God. Sticking a knife into a cradle's headboard is believed to protect the baby. Thrusting it into the door of the house is also believed to provide protection. Who doesn't want a knife on their baby cradle? I mean, can I get an amen on that, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one. Um, right. That would be a little yeah. weird to walk in someone, to someone's nursery and be like, oh no, it's, it's just a don't. It's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. he tried pulling up once. Yeah. Life yeah. lesson learned at once. age th- seven days. Not going to do that again. Number three. In Greece, putting a knife with a black handle under your pillow is believed to keep away nightmares. Is the candle lit? Handle. Knightmares. Can, can can handle, handle, not candle. <laughs> Black handled oh, knife. I heard candle. What kind of waxy knife are you? Yeah, yeah can, candle is with a C. He's talking about oh. knightmares. See, this is why I just don't listen. I should go back to that. <laughs> He's going to go back to watching cat videos. Number four. Hundreds of years ago, people believed that placing a knife across another piece of cutlery was a sign of witchcraft. So if you just put two knives together, like, I'm It could a be a knife now. and a fork could be a knife and a fork it doesn't not, have to be not two the knives. broom that you're like flying around in or like the little spiky hat but it's the two knives well, well, cutlery there. cutlery not not a broom oh, no no i mean every other indication that you're a witch but that is the ultimate indication yes yes that's like what they're cross saying sporks and now i'm that's a witch the ultimate. what i'm thinking is this must have made things really <laughs> awkward at dinners where people didn't know how to set the silverware properly like everybody had like a cursed seat you know what i mean i don't know I'm kind of thinking that's where this came from. You better put that fork next to the knife. Tom said number five, so we're going to number six. Never stir anything using your knife, like soup or coffee, because that would be considered bad luck. Oh. And uh, a variant of this is uh, if you do it, uh, the bad luck will mean pain or stitches. There's another. That's a Jimmy's oh. ice pick use number seven twenty six. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Always uh, use your ice pick on your coffee. Is there like a mm-hmm. subsection for ice picks that that's cool? Also, the specificity of that pain or stitches, hmm. like not pain and stitches. Yeah, it's or either pain or. and suffering. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Number seven, 
two knives crossed on a table will cause a quarrel, in addition to witchcraft, apparently. Uh, it is believed that uncrossing or straightening them will immediately prevent bad luck or a quarrel from happening. Tom just crossed two razor blades, therefore he's a witch. He's about to get in a fight with his wife. That's what that is. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of odd because if they're if if they're crossed on the table, they're crossed on the table. I mean, isn't it already too late by the time you uncross them, or do you just do this in secret and not tell anybody? It, it doesn't say. That's not in. It's not Does, in the... This doesn't apply to any other cutlery or any other silverware like forks or spoons, just knives. The, these are knife superstitions. Okay. So I I don't I didn't look up forks, you know. <laughs> Uh, I'll do it. Yeah, Tom's going to find out. We, I'll, I'll note that for our fork episode. Yeah, yeah. Number eight. Some knife owners believe that you never truly own a knife unless it has bitten you by tasting your blood. Once a knife has taken its owner's blood, the owner will never sell or trade that knife with anyone. Garage, you can't sell that chef's knife you just made. I, I luckily gave it to one of my friends as a gift, so none of us are cursed or anything oh, no, like that. Oh, no, you need to get it back. Not a friend anymore. Did they did they give you a small token yeah. of, of you know like a penny in exchange? Uh, I now I know that maybe does Bitcoin count? Will a virtual currency count? Okay, then. <laughs> yes, I think I think Bitcoin counts. Grazcoin. I would the, say it's so. the hottest new yeah. crypto. Oh yeah, if somebody if somebody gave me a Bitcoin for a knife. I've I'd sell any knife. For I would Bitcoin. be very happy. But I'm... Grazcoin, <laughs> get in right now. It's the the hottest new crypto. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, number nine. Some knife owners believe that you should never close a knife, either a folding knife or putting it back in its sheath, if someone else has opened it because it is bad luck. Some have even given knives away because this has happened. I, I don't... The only thing that that sort of makes sense is I've seen some knife collectors and they have like eight million knives. And I'm kind of thinking maybe that's why, because... People keep opening their knives and then they have to give them away. Tom just busting out a switchblade. Yeah, Tom's Tom's playing with sharp objects. I was, I was, I'm a little disappointed that that's not a hair comb one. You go <laughs> a little bit, just, right? Yeah, you just start combing your hair. <laughs> oh, I, I should round up. I should round up the last knife I made for our knife episode, since Tom's got his his knife out. No one wants to see a round knife. Round knife is just for pizza. That's all. I got my whole bucket of knives out. Oh, I got this one. Got this guy over here. Made this one. I have. This makes for great radio. Yeah, I'm gonna show you all the things, <laughs> and I'm not to describe any of them. Yeah, yeah. Why don't Why don't you guys just start. keep bringing out knives so that everybody can listen to them? That's fantastic. Yeah. Start wielding knives around the kitchen. I have more than you, and I have. I didn't have to make any of them. PJ's gonna keep reading superstitions. And we're going to see if you guys can keep parody with him. So every time he reads one, you guys have to pull out another knife. Oh, jeez. All right. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Number 10. Bad things will happen if a knife falls and sticks into the floor. No. Doesn't what? doesn't specify, like, what kind of bad things. Just bad things. What if you throw it? No, no. If it falls. If it falls. Well, one of the bad things is you're going to need a new floor. I mean, if you have a stone floor, that's super impressive. Yeah, that would be a very sharp knife. Or a very soft floor. Or it got right in the crack in between the stone. I don't know. Uh, number 11. In Iceland, it is believed that when a knife is dropped by someone while cleaning fish, 
and the knife lands pointing in the direction of the sea, the fisherman will get a good haul the next time he goes fishing. It's an island. Yeah. It any anywhere it falls is It's always pointed towards the ev- sea. Everywhere. Where is are you getting your superstitions from? The the, we're surrounded by ocean everywhere. Right. Where's where's the superstition lawyer? It it needs to say in the nearest direction to the sea. They have to be specific. Or or Pacific. And what if you're in a bay? Maybe this was written up by a millennial. I don't know. Or yeah, or Pacific. <laughs> Although that's well, it's the Atlantic, but not, you know, a long ways from Greenland, but or okay, Iceland. Well, it, it it says continuing that if the knife falls and points towards land, the fisherman will not catch anything the next time he goes fishing. So I'm guessing everybody in Iceland lives on the coast, so that way it's clear as to whether it's pointed towards water or pointed towards land. You know, most most fishermen don't live in the middle. And if you drop your knife and it points toward inland, then you should just pick it up and drop it again a few times. Yes. Just I'm, keep dropping it until you get the result you want. You guys are geniuses. I think you should go to Iceland and inform them. <laughs> Number 12. Getting a knife as a gift from your lover means your love will soon end. What? Yeah. Tell, tell that to OJ. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to leave that up to you. Uh, number 13. Again, with the falling knives. Another superstition is when a knife falls to the ground, a man... Will soon visit. <laughs> Doesn't say what man. Just 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 some man. some random dude. Just a man. Just up. like a Santa Claus fi- figure, I, I, or, or the UPS guy. If you had to UPS if guy, broke, you just order a new one on Amazon. He'll show up eventually. Pizza delivery guy. <laughs> yeah, somebody. Uh, maybe that's what you do if your pizza's late and you just really need him to get there in a hurry. You drop the knife. Drop the knife. Perfect. Does a pizza cutter count though? As a knife? Yes, of course. Only if Tanda has Can it, it cut? Will it cut? Yes. Yeah. It's an endless no, knife. No, no, scissors cut too, and that's not a knife. If you if you broke a... Yeah, it's two knives. Sure it is. It's two knives. It's two knives, and you're a witch. It's a pair of knives. Oh, my They're God. They're crossed. <laughs> I, I have noticed a lot of uh, borrowed superstitions from the scissors superstitions. Yeah, there is there is definitely some some commonalities here between the scissor superstitions. Number fourteen, a knife made of steel is believed to protect you against curses and fairies, as opposed to like a knife made of glass. Um, well, there, there used to be knives made out of bronze, bronze, yeah, made out of okay. copper, uh, um, stone sensitive yeah. superstitions. So you got it's very specific here, very specific. Number fifteen. In Finland, a knife given as a gift is a sign of respect. This is especially true for various clubs and organizations, privately or government held. The knife, a Finnish fixed blade uh, outdoor knife called a puko, is given to trusted employees and contacts and is always presented with the handle first to signify trust and friendly intentions. Oh, I've got, I've got a Finnish knife superstition. You do? A, yeah, a knife, a really nice bone-handled knife purchased in Finland will disappear from your luggage on the train when you enter Leningrad. Th- this isn't a personal su- superstition, right? a- As will some of your other uh, your other belongings, like, like miniature silver tea sets and stuff that you bought to take home. And, and you're not to ask where they went. 
this sounds more like a cautionary tale. That that's just a superstition. I just uh, something your yeah. mother and grandmother passed you, down. You read it on yeah, it's generations. just been passed down forever. That's good to know, Tanda. <laughs> so the the moral of the story is is don't go to Leningrad. That's, a, that's basically it. Okay, number sixteen. It is bad luck to say the word knife while at sea. Okay. What about the word knife? Maybe the pirates just said blade all the time. I don't. I don't know. Sword. They had swords. What about a large lake? It says at sea. Doesn't okay. say on water. <laughs> so, uh, I'm guessing lakes are fine. Number seventeen. One old wives' tale about white-handled knives is that they can tell if your future spouse will be dark or fair-skinned by spinning them around. If the knife handle comes to rest pointing at you or whoever is asking the question. That means your future spouse will be fair-skinned. If the handle points at anyone else, your future spouse will be dark-skinned. Man. All these things that if you knew, you could have predicted the future. I thought that was pretty pretty progressive. Or or if like you go on like a t- Tinder date, and then that's the first thing you say, and then see what they say. Start spinning your knife at the table. This, this was like, a bit. This is a bit surprising, I must say, because when I spun my knife, it, it predicted something completely different. Are you sure you're the right person? Yeah. Let me let me continue to I spin this so. and look you right into the eye. <laughs> I'd I'd like to see some video of that happening. Uh, whoever wants to go out and do that, I'm just uh, putting that out right, there. PJ, you got one more, and then I'm just gonna walk away. All right, Tom's done. So let me continue. <clears throat> Number eighteen. Uh, another common superstition is that you should never put a combat knife back in its sheath if it hasn't drawn blood because it will fail you in battle. That's that's true. It's 100% true. It's not a superstition. Number 19. In some parts of America, people believe that sharpening any blade after the sun goes down is bad luck. Graz, have, have you sharpened anything when the sun was up? Oh, boy. How many, how many years of bad luck am I looking at? You probably should be dead by now. Like three to five? Maybe like, um, yeah, maybe two. You've probably done behavior. something. Yeah, you've done something that counters it. There's some other superstition that will that will counter this one. I usually go to the shop and break a mirror and then sharpen a knife, and it's like it's probably it. yeah, it can't sharpen out. it it's on like, the broken shards. Yeah, it's it's kind of fighting a fire with fire. That that's what I would do for sure. Number twenty. Some hunters believe that the knife you use to kill game, not dress it should never be handled by a woman. Now, I read this, and my first thought is, does that mean a woman shouldn't hold it, or a woman shouldn't handle your knife after it's been made? I don't know. I'm not sure. It's not clear. I think, you know, could be either. Number 21, slicing hot cornbread with a knife implies cutting your luck. What? (laughs) Oh, Oh, it gets better. It gets better. A similar superstition says that piercing bread baked by a pregnant woman with a knife or any pointed utensil may cause the baby's eyes to be poked out. (laughs) What? I want to know how these things are. How? Who knew this? Like, who's got a baby that's born with poked out (laughs) eyes? Where did this come from? Who also was like, would you like some cornbread? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, you remember that time? Yeah, weirdest thing. <laughs> you, you you poked the bread with that knife? I told you this is going to happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look at that boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy's like, can I pass some cornbread? Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, it's not the first time. Number 22. 
you cross your knife with your spoon after eating, you're indicating that the food didn't taste good and you're wishing the cook to have bad luck. Now, I've heard in some, in some cultures you cross your utensils over your plate. And that means I don't want any more, that I'm, that I'm done. All right, this one, this one, just don't do it at Applebee's and you'll be fine. <laughs> Is that why you have a life, lifetime ban of Applebee's? Tom's had some prior experience here. You should just eat off your plate without utensils to avoid any of these superstitions. I think that's the safe bet. I, I knew I, I, I saw your poster up at Applebee's last night. <laughs> All right, number 23. To make sure that a pregnant woman will give birth to a boy, the husband needs to stick a knife into the mattress of her bed. That, that's always going to end well, in my opinion. What if it's a water bed? But it's also my bed, so doesn't that negate it? Uh, I, I, I think maybe. I think that fact was paid for by Big Mattress. Mm-hmm. We are thinking about getting a split king, but right now it's just one bed. Yeah, be like, nope. There, there goes your uh, your sleep number. I mean, in my opinion, you jump on the bed. Isn't all the stuffing going to squeeze out the side? I mean, that's that's not uh, it's not a good idea. That, that's not how beds are made, PJ. Should we have a, a drum roll for twenty four? Uh, we have we have three more. Oh. Three more here. Yeah. So uh, it was 26 total, but Tom said one of them, so I didn't read that one. <laughs> Number 24. In China, it is believed that sleeping on a bed with knives, plural, under it will scare away evil spirits. While you're in China? Like, is you that have the to, only. You have to be in China, yeah. Okay, it doesn't apply to any other region. Apparently not. Okay, so if you're in the know. United States, you're out of luck. This is the same country that just banned video games for anyone under 18, so... Well, no, you can play for an hour. The credibility there. So, Over 18 or teenagers? Teenagers. You can only play one hour a day. Savages. All a bunch of savages. Between 7 and 8, right? Or 8 and 9? Oh, the article was too long. I didn't read it. But I bet they all have <laughs> a bunch of knives. No video games, but they all have knives. That's That's what I'm picking up on here. Number 25... According to Russian folklore, a knife laying with the sharp side up means that murderers are being born while it is left that way. Can can we go back knife sharp side up like that? Like I, I I'm guessing straight up like skyward is what they're talking about. Okay. Um if if you lay a knife on the table like that, murderers are being born. Not just one, several. several. All at once? Apparently yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if, and if you're and if you're going for that and your knife won't stay on the back upright, you poke the front into a piece of bread, and there'll be like a whole bread. bunch of corn poke-eyed bread, yeah. murderers. Yeah, being, just cross-eyed yeah. murderers being. Like, yes. I'm going to stab this mattress. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's exactly right. And then they make a movie about it called Blind Justice, which was an awesome film, starring Michael Winslow. <laughs> it was Rutger Hauer. Callback. Uh, Number 26, some knife owners, particularly those in the Philippines, believe that coating the blade with their blood if they accidentally cut themselves with it. That's it. There's no, like, it doesn't say what happens. It just says they believe in coating the knife with their blood. Okay, like like Tony Hawk. Okay, okay, I'm coating it. I'm coating it. I'm doing it. I'm coating it. Now, now what's going to happen? I I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't say anything. Nothing. (laughs) Yeah, like Tony Hawk is selling... He's selling his skateboards with his own blood in it, so I guess it's kind of the same same application. Totally. Like super limited yeah. edition blood-drawn knife. I should start doing yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. 
You've just entered the dealer's corner where bargains are currency. Prepare yourself. All right. This week uh, is a special week. No one here on the podcast got a dealer's corner, but we have two write-ins. Tanda, you want to hit us with the first dealer's corner from one of our listeners? Yeah, this dealer's corner comes to us from Old Timey Tools, and it's my pick started while on vacation. While soaking the sun in South Carolina, I decided to check Facebook Marketplace, and I saw an ad clearing out a workshop. One dollar make offer. It had a Delta Art Deco 6-inch 1940s joiner, of course. I didn't make an offer because he who makes offer first loses. So I simply said, Hi, I'm on vacation, but I really want the joiner. Name your price, and I can put a deposit now or cash next week. He said 250 I said sold. I kept checking in to make sure he hadn't forgotten. He told me it had been very rude. I guess he means other folks. And I was by far the most polite, so I had first dibs on anything. When I arrived, turns out it was his father's stuff, and it was quite an emotional ordeal. I bought 6-inch joiner, Rockwell pedestal grinder, 15-inch floor delta drill press, and some smalls. I'm now officially a Delta fanboy. And that was from Old Timey Tools. One. Tanda, sidebar? Yeah. You know that last part where he said, I bought this big thing, this big thing, this big thing, and some smalls? Yeah, I remember those. Remember reading those to your kids? How do we... The smalls? (laughs) They lived in the walls of the house? How do we get PJ to do that? Because PJ will list all 74 smalls. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think if we could just make it where he just said, yeah, I got I got a Delta bandsaw, and then this guy had this whole table full of smalls, and I got some of them. That would be yes. that would be I, we got somewhat bearable. We'll come up with a strategy. We'll come up with a strategy on how to coach him into that habit. You you know what he's going to say though. He's going to say, and then I bought a small for five seventy two, and then I bought another small with some rust on it, and and that one was seven fifty, and the guy wanted ten, but. Yeah, I'm not sure it'll help. I don't think oh, so either. There, there I don't he is. Think so. Here, he's back. All right. Well, Juan always gets some pretty good deals. He's giving me a run for his money. But our second write-in comes from Ben Makes KC, and he says, "So last week I came across a listing for some woodworking equipment on Marketplace. Okay prices, but there was a Delta scroll saw with a retirement light, and a bandsaw that I kind of liked." Problem was that it was about an hour and a half away, and I was heading to a swap meet that weekend. It was kind of on my way home, but he wanted $200 for, for them both, so I wasn't crazy about the price. I figured if I did really well at the swap meet, I'd message him and see if he'd take 150 for both. On Saturday, my phone alerted me that the seller had dropped the price to $55 for both. I messaged him, made arrangements to pick up on Sunday. When I went to pick them up, it was late, but Bob, the seller, gave me a tour of the shop. There were definitely things that had potential, but I was super limited on space, so I took the bandsaw and told him I'd be back for the scroll saw later that week and see about buying some more stuff. One thing I saw were lots of power tool cases and boxes so I was definitely thinking about those. I went back the following Tuesday and went ahead and started chatting with Bob about what he was thinking on the hand tools. 
He agreed on $10 a milk crate full of stuff on the shelves and lying around. I went to pick up a power tool case, and it was empty. I picked up another one, and that was empty too. All the power tool cases were empty. I asked Bob what happened to all the tools. He proceeded to open the not-running refrigerator in the corner of the room, and it was packed full of power tools. He said I could have them for $5 each if I took them all. There were 19 of them. When it was all said and done, I left with all the power tools, two full milk crates full of stuff, 11 hand planes, including mostly complete Stanley 45 with the blades, and a Stanley number 40, I paid for gas and the pizza, and it was a great pick. I traded um, Paul Jackman a pizza for his bandsaw once. It was a pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah, I, I love pizza. Yeah. Were those deals hot enough for you? You got a sizzling deal that's burning a hole in your pocket? Send it in, maybe we'll read it on air. All right, it's time for personal history. Graz, since you're a guest, why don't you tell us your personal history with knife making? With knife making? I go back quite a while, back in old witch times. When I, no. Um, I I just kind of got into knife making probably, like I said, five or six six years ago at this point. And um, I was, I was, I just moved, my wife and I just moved into this apartment. And it just happened to be Paul Jackman and, and his lovely wife Kristen lived in the same same building and um, I got into knife making and, and Paul was super welcoming me and like any anytime you want to use my shop down in the basement uh, have at it and then at the same time I was subscribed to one channel on YouTube and that was make magazine because I was uh, getting into Raspberry Pi stuff and all of a sudden this this video came up that said big kitchen knife Duresta and I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is exactly how you do it. And I scroll down and Jackman's like the second comment. And I was like, okay, there's a glitch in the matrix here. I don't know what's going on. But so after that, it was just off to the races. And then it was just kind of like, once you once you do one and it kind of works, you kind of want to just keep going and keep going and keep going. And then you kind of take in all the YouTube videos you can just to see, try to index all the tips you watch by watching the hundreds of hundreds of YouTube videos and then you just kind of keep them in the back of your mind. And as you're doing them, you, it's kind of like learning a, a new language where you kind of understand all of a sudden that people are having a conversation in a different language. You're like, oh, my God, I know what they're saying. That it's when you when you watch all these videos, you start doing stuff. and You're like, oh, wait, I'm picking up all this technique that I've watched. And so that just kind of snowballed. And now we're here. So you didn't know ja- you didn't know Jackman before you moved in. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a crazy kind of connection story that totally had no idea the landlord was like i think he does like youtube videos i don't you should check out his youtube channel i was like oh he's probably got like 50 subscribers and at that point he had like ten thousand. i was like wow that's pretty awesome and then just kind of watching all of his stuff and then just kind of this weird connection of like through him met jimmy through jimmy i met Derek, and then just kind of going down the line it's this been this crazy cosmic connection of a butterfly effect of I did one thing and now I'm here. So I think it would also be weird to be watching YouTube videos of someone in the basement. Like like you're sitting there watching a YouTube video that was shot underneath your feet. Yeah, that's, just kind of being like... That, that's got to huh. be kind of surreal as well. 
Yeah, there was there's there's been a couple surreal moments, and then I was at Jimmy's a couple years ago, and I I forget what we were doing, but I think he was actually recording uh, his podcast, and he's like, "You guys can just go like build stuff or do whatever you want," and I was like, "I'm gonna go make a knife." Then as I was making a knife, I was like, "Wow, I'm actually making a knife on the machine that was the first video that I saw that he made a knife on." That was just kind of a weird kind of <laughs> very meta circle of of maker life. Yeah, it's knifeception. Exactly, knifeception. So that was that was kind of a cool thing too, but yeah, there's there's a lot of weird connections like that with me and a bunch of people. So do you, out of all the knives you've made, is there any one specific one that stands out for any particular reason? I mean, I know it's it's kind of a, a cliche at this point, but I, I mean, every every new knife I make, I I feel that it's the best one I've done so far. So the the one I just sent out uh, to my buddy in California, he's kind of like a I don't want to say like amateur chef but he's a he enjoys cooking food quite a bit and he was asking me for kind of a japanese style chopping knife and uh once i made that i was kind of like took took a little extra time to uh, actually ship out to him because i was kind of like looking at it and i was like wow this, this thing came out really good i kind of don't want to give this away but then i was like yeah you take it you make some make some memories make some good meals with it let me know if i can improve anything and blah 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 and now i'm working on like five chef knives as as we record this i have like hmm. uh two more to grind at the shop i did a bunch last night and uh hopefully those come out even better are you you're primarily grinding from stock yeah is that right yeah right now it's it's all um oh, what is it? a stock removal and so hmm. right now okay. with uh with like my setup and my forge, I'm using just high carbon steel. But um, I think I might be getting a, a, a an electric oven, so that will be able to I'll be able to like level up my stuff with uh, like stainless, which I'm kind of excited about. But I mean, like with with um, high carbon steel, I know it's a camera, but it gives you a cool patina over time once you start using it and chopping foods with like uh, a little bit of acid in it, like tomatoes, lemons, stuff like that, potatoes, I think. But mm-hmm. it gives a little season exactly. And then um, what I what I like to do is I like to try to force a patina and I dip it in ferric chloride and then give it a stone wash look so it already kind of has a patina so it'll kind of resist rusting a little bit better than just kind of a naked blade. Mm-hmm. Now now the ferric chloride does that make your potatoes taste funny? It's exactly it's a, it's a little uh you, you, a little little acidic but yeah you know you add a little butter a little dollop of uh, sour cream it, it's good balances it out fries are fries yeah it's kind of hard to mess them up. Yeah, if you yeah. don't like chives, just pour a little acid on there, and you're good to go. I always prefer a balsamic glaze myself, but, you know, whatever. You know, whatever works for you. Yeah, I've never tried dipping a knife in a balsamic glaze. Do you do you heat it? Um, I mean, do you quench in the balsamic glaze, or is that yeah, just for— absolutely. Well, I, I mean, I'm a vinegar and oil guy because the oil is actually the thing that helps, but once you have vinegar and oil, you can make a salad as soon as you're— what I like to do is cook a pizza as I'm tempering, and then I can just make a salad once I'm quenching. So it's kind oh. of like, uh, and then once the blade's done, you can cut the pizza and then cut the, the salad, and then you're good to go. That's the classic Italian meal. That's brilliant, because if you leave it sitting around, you, it's it's going to go rancid. So you dip it, dip it, eat it. The blade or the, the salad? Both. It's incredibly efficient. Exactly. Well, you, you, di- you dip the blade, you put your quench on the salad... And you eat it before it can has a chance to, to cool down and go rancid. Yeah, it's now, brilliant. Now, now Graz, bec- since we were talking about coins, your most recent Instagram po- post is actually a coffee can full of coins. Yes. Can you explain this? It is, uh, it's called 
Makume Gane, and I think it's it's uh, basically what I did was. Um, for the, I'm pretty sure you just made that. up. I completely made the, the word up. Um, I, I, I've seen it before. Yeah, it's um, you, you basically. It's a Japanese metal alloy. Yeah, I think it was on. I think it was on Graza's Instagram, but yeah. but I have seen it. Before. Yeah, you can you can what you can do is you can take uh, quarters or I mean right now my wife and I tried quarters then we tried nickels but quarters seem to be the best mix of copper and nickel and they're already kind of layered so what I did was I just took a stack probably I think it was like three dollars and fifty cents worth of quarters. It was three seventy five. It kind of bothered me that it wasn't four. Three seventy five. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. I, I'm I'm not made of money. Yeah, but I, I felt do, a little cheated. I had to yeah. do laundry. So I was like, I "Where's that other quarter?" But um, yeah, just TIG weld them to, together, threw them in the uh, forge, and then we just kind of forge weld them down that way, like squeeze them flat. And then once you do that, you kind of sand everything off, make it nice and flat, dip it in ferric chloride, and then that just starts to eat away some of the metals and kind of shows this kind of thumbprint or Damascus-looking um, pattern on the on the the metal. I don't want to say steel. But uh, it's really cool, and, and I'm trying to, like, my brain's kind of going, like, what can I use this metal with, like, as, like, an accessory? You can't really make a blade out of that, can you? No, it, it won't hold an edge like um, right. like uh, high-carbon steel, but you can add it as, like, a bolster sure. on the knife or, like, the bottom of the knife. or I mean, you can you can pretty much add it to a- anything that, that you can kind of shape it with, and uh, it just adds, like, a really cool kind of visual to it. Now, now this name that you said is that making metal from coins? Is that what that name implies? Is it making metal no, from coins? No, that's not what it is. Okay. This is this comes from the jewelry world. Back when I was a custom jeweler, it was typically only jewelers used it, but it's kind of spread out in recent years. Basically, it's it's an alloy of um, it was an alloy of precious metals. Typically, it was either gold and silver or gold and platinum or rose gold you know it was all these different precious metals that were you know melted together forge welded together and they do make a sort of damascus like texture and they were used for anything from like um, brooches to rings to you know any kind of jewelry uh, because no jewelry is load bearing, you don't have to worry about a sharp edge or anything like that. But it's made its way. So it's so it's more just dissimilar metals that have been right made like Damascus instead of actually melted and alloyed together. And, right. And yeah. doing okay. doing my research, which I totally did, and I'm not looking this up right now, but uh, Makame Gane translates closely to wood grain metal or wood eye metal which I learned uh, like a week ago when I was doing my research and not now at all. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So it's the pattern created. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, speaking of people that do a lot of research, Tom, uh, what's your personal history with knife making? None. This episode, I've only sharpened a few knives and I didn't do a very good job. I'm not good at it. I don't have any skill in this category. Uh, I wish I could, like, it's a man card thing uh, to be able to sharpen a knife. And I just, I don't have the patience to get it that sharp. I just don't have the patience. Mm. I'd rather buy, I'd rather spend the money on a good brand uh, and, and just get it sharp out of the box. And when it goes dull, I just throw it in my, my pocket knife box that's directly above my head and I buy another one. I thought you were saying throw it in the ceiling. You should stick it in your door or over, over your baby's crib. Or mattress. Yeah. I hear that that puts a nice edge. I actually just burned our baby's crib 
True story. Uh, I brought it outside in pieces and burned it because the dump charges me money. And I was like, oh, just burn it. Pretty sure you're and, going uh, to for that one, so, Tom. There's, there's got to be some superstition so. around that. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not like 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 how to dispose of an American flag. You have to, like, burn it. There's, like, there's like a weird, like, superstition of burning a baby's crib. Probably he's going to have, like, he's now going to have, like, nightmares about fire babies. With for knives everything. for eyeballs? Yeah. Yeah. I'd look it up for you, but I I don't want that in my search history. Yeah, it's probably probably best. I, I looked it up. I looked it up just now, and, and your seventeenth oh child will have no eyebrows. Oh man, that's even <laughs> oh, worse. <God>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I thought it causes infertility. Infertility. That's why I. That's why I burned it for the seventeenth child. Yeah, they can't have any kids. <laughs> well, a knife can cause oh, infertility too. If you, I wish those details. If you chop certain things off. Oh yeah, that's that's bad too. Yeah. Yeah. So I've heard. Tanda, what is your personal history with knife making? Well, I only have marginally more history than Tom. I, I think the probably the only thing I can remember sharpening growing up was this big machete that we had that I found in our shop. And I remember sharpening that and then, you know, carrying it around like I was, you know, some kind of bush person or something out out in the you know, for, not forest, the, the tree line and stuff down by the river. And I have made a couple little, little tiny blades just out of 1095 that I had around the shop. But the only thing I've made recently was my, uh, my maker knife knife that I made just, just for fun because of the marketing for the maker knife. And so I took a piece of 1095 and I cut it, filed it down into the shape of a razor blade and then sharpen one side and ground the other into a bottle opener. So it, it looks like a razor blade. And the razor blade side is a little left a little more hard. Oh. And then, then I tempered back the bottle opener side so it wouldn't break. So you can flip it around in your maker knife and use it to open bottles. That's pretty rad. I do recall that. And so that I had to do that to play off of the whole uh, but it won't open bottles uh, marketing for the maker knife. Mm, you showed him. Everybody wanted you to make those. I know. And you know, oddly, so every I had lots of people wanting me to make them. And I thought, well, I should get like a little tool grinder. Or maybe if they get the grinder working at the maker space, I'll use that grinder and just set up a fixture where I can just knock out a whole bunch of them and then grind them on the surface grinder. Yeah. And that's why yeah. I, at the makerspace, I said, you know, if this stuff, if this just sits here for another year without being hooked up, I'll take it to my shop. Kind of half joking, yeah. but that's why I said that at the makerspace. And now that surface grinder <laughs> is sitting like seven feet from me because they did finally get tired of it sitting around and, and give it to me. But uh, it's still not hooked up and working and serviceable, but someday maybe I'll make, I mean, with places like Sin Cut Sin, you can blank stuff like that out for cheap now. I mean, I've been doing stuff for work and little small stainless stuff, $2, $3. I just did a whole bunch of small small parts for work and they were like $3.30 a piece to get them blanked out of stainless from Sin Cut Sin. Mm. It's just ridiculous how cheap it's getting. Mm. Yeah. And you just throw them your you just throw them But they're not going to do razor blades specifically, right? I don't know why they wouldn't. I mean, they're not sharpened. It's just the profile of a razor blade. I don't think they have any policies oh, no, I want a sharp one. against it. Our maker space, you can't make knives. Really? But I think Send Cut Send would 
just blank out the shape of a razor blade, you're going to have to sharpen it yourself anyway. So, yeah, they'll they'll mm. they'll do anything you send them. They're not picky. I mean, they're, yeah, there's that's the beauty of an automated system, right? I mean, it all, it lives in the computer until it's on the on the laser cutter. No one's no one's looking at it and trying to decide what it is. Oh my God, we just die cut an alien. Although I, I I occasionally have this weird fear that like the sin cut sins of the world are like in cahoots with China, and every, and every time you send them something, it just like you know like Bernie's thing, and then it gets uh, suddenly it just appears in China. Totally. Mm. Yeah. Go straight to Alibaba. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's mm-hmm. true. I mean, the guy's like the guy that founded Send Cut Send is a maker and and definitely a friend of the maker community and a maker himself, and that's why he started it. I, I think that it is true because we had that episode where we kept talking about the multi-tool that was a hammer, and I've seen like 18 multi-tool hammers since we did that show. So I'm almost positive <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what they're doing. Well, that was the goal of the show, to see yeah. if we could get somebody to knock it off. Yeah, they didn't make it like we said. You know, they, they it was a poor knockoff. They they didn't listen at all. But there's there is several hammer multi tools out there. So, so what's your history with knife making, PJ? So I have sort of two parts because a, a sword is a knife, and uh, my interest started about two thousand. Uh, I bought a forge, a buffalo. Uh, it's a farrier's forge, and uh, some tools, and uh, came with a blower and a couple other things. And I was fully intent, uh, although completely inexperienced, on making a, t- a katana. I'd been studying. I'd been reading up on uh, Japanese masters and all these things. And I'd be- I was gearing up. You know, I was trying to get all this stuff to make a sword. And, th- and then I, I didn't, didn't make one. Didn't happen. Couldn't make a sword with a farrier's forge anyway. You know, it's for horseshoes. You know, I didn't know anything. But about maybe three years ago... Uh, I got it in my head. I'd seen a couple other people make knives out of files. And I had this one, um, I think it was called Black Diamond was the brand. And I really liked the little logo that was on the file. So I cut it off short, like where the logo was. So it was like maybe like a two-inch blade. And I was just going to make like this little, like basically like a box cutter kind of a knife. And I'd seen someone do a video where... They'd taken birch bark from birch trees, which is like a paper almost, and they stacked it like stacked leather on, on like on like hammer handles. And so I was like, that looks kind of cool. And I was at the time out picking blueberries, and there's tons of downed birch trees there, and they were all sort of rotted away. And if you've never seen a rotted birch tree, the wood rots, but the bark doesn't. So it leaves like all these like tubes of of just, you know, birch bark. So I went around as I was picking berries and I'm picking up birch bark on the way and I got like a whole box of it. And so then I went and uh, I was, the only thing I had to grind with was this god awful Harbor Fruget uh, four inch by 36 belt sander that had like the little six inch disc on the side, which was totally like the wrong tool for grinding a knife. There was no speed control. It was very hard to see what you're doing. And um, the one thing that kind of made me a little unhappy is because I couldn't see what I was doing and I was trying to get the bevel on each side even, I accidentally ground into the black, was it black star? I can't remember what I said. The logo that was on the file. And I was like, man, that was the one thing I wanted to keep. So I lost a little bit of that. But uh, I left, 
I, I sharpened like where the blade was and I did the bevel, but where it was still like a file, I left it there as kind of like, so you knew that it was a file that had been turned into a knife. I didn't sand it smooth. The end of the, st I made like a little brass spacer so that that was going to be like the guard. And then I stacked up all the birch bark and I think I used probably half a tube of E6000 glue because for some reason I thought it's got to be flexible. It's a handle, right? It's got to flex a little and that's a flexible glue. I did that and then I just squeezed everything together with clamps to like get it to all glue on. But then I didn't have like something to put on the end. So you know those little zerks, like the little grease fittings? Mm-hmm. I, th I thought that that mm -hmm. looked like a cool little end, like a butt for a knife. So I just, <laughs> just epoxied it on and it stayed on. I mean, it didn't fall off or anything. You, you should have drilled, you should have drilled down through the handle so that like, if you actually used it, grease came out on the knife. Oh, that would have been great. I should have thought of do that. Do you still have this knife? So yeah, I do have the knife. It is in the shop. However, the knife was lost for about six months shop pixies took the knife out of the shop and hid it in the dungeon and i found it by accident when i was moving my supply of japanese maple around and it was on a table against a wall and it had like there's no reason for it to have been down there at all i have no idea how it got down there but i did find it but yeah now it's on a magnetic strip hanging over the workbench um, but that's the only knife um, i've ever made uh, I own a couple knives, but I'm not really a knife aficionado. Tom has like 800 of them. And you, and you just stacked up the birch bark just in thin layers, layer after layer after layer, mm -hmm. like a leather stack handle. Yeah. Only they're the real thin layers of the birch bark. Yeah, like micarta. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say if I had to guess, for like the handle was probably like two inches thick. It was, it was probably like 200 pieces of birch bark. Like it was a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it's really thin. Yeah. It's super thin. Yeah. It's it's that's why I used up so much glue cuz I like coated each layer cuz I didn't want it to, to to delaminate. And I'm like I better use enough glue. And then after the fact I was thinking and I haven't tried this, but I still have plenty of birch bark. I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe since it's it's porous, what if I just hit it with that really liquidy super glue and just let it penetrate through while it was clamped? wouldn't that do the same thing? And it would save on glue. And I kind of feel like the bark would just kind of like absorb it like a sponge, but I've never tried it. So I have no idea if it works. Have you watched Jimmy's recent hammer video? Leather yeah. stack handle? Yeah and, yeah. and he's putting, yeah, I think he's using the Weaver leather conditioner on it, mm -hmm. but he's putting it on out of a total boat cup. And I'm, and I'm just sitting there going, there, there's at least you know, a thousand people out there now confused as to whether this is some kind of leather <laughs> conditioner or epoxy. Thanks, Jimmy. Yeah. Thanks, Jimmy. And I'm, and I'm sure you didn't even think of it. It's just the cups that are yeah. just all over. Yeah. Yeah, there's the eight trillion mixing cups from Total Boat at Jimmy's. Yeah. Jimmy captured all that leather, though, with the metal cap for the hammer. So, like, he peened over the ends of those, yeah. like, uh, those two posts. So even if he didn't do that, the leather wouldn't have come back off. See, I didn't, on my knife, there wasn't anything to hold it in. It was, like, it was literally just press fit. The, the only reason he cut those off and then put them back on and peened them over was because he didn't have a greaser. I mean, if, he, if he'd had a greaser handy, that's, that's probably what he would have used. You're absolutely right. I, I should have let him know ahead of time. Let's call him right now. I've got his number. 
sucky darn, I think it's time for one of them old-timey commercial interludes and stuff. Hi, y'all. This is Edna down at Johnson's Hardware. Are you a knife maker that's always losing time to cuts and scrapes from your knife making? That's gotta be the most annoying thing in the world. Well, we have just the thing for you down at Johnson's Hardware. Graz gauze. That's right. Graz gauze comes in 30-foot rolls with the same width as a paper towel. So you can just put it in a paper towel holder right there by your grinder. And the next time you cut off a finger or slice your arm wide open, you can just wrap it with some Graz gauze. It's preloaded with bacitracin. That's right. You don't even have to run around your shop wasting time looking for goo. It's already right there in the Graz gauze. And that's not all. The backside of the Graz gauze is a veg tan leather. So once you're wrapped up and duct taped on, you can use it to strop with. It's the biggest time saver we have here at Johnson's Hardware. You'll find it in the knife making aisle back in the back. One roll is just $17.37 and it comes in a three pack of rolls. No separating the rolls. You'll find us at patreon.com forward slash makerskills. What the heck, Nabbit? I need to get me one of them. Anyone know what street Patreon is on? I need to go. Alright, it's time for crossbreeding. Graz, what skill goes well with knife making? Hmm, that's a pretty good question. I, I mean, I guess kind of looking at a knife... There's kind of two components. It's metal and usually wood. So I, I would probably say, yeah, like woodworking. Kind of understanding certain uh, hardnesses for handles and stuff like that and certain finishes. And you got to sand it and shape it around the, the knife itself. So I, w- I would say woodworking. All right. That's a good answer. And it's definitely a skill. Oh, for sure. Tom, what skill goes well with knife making? Mm, for me, YouTubing, because I need to YouTube it. And I've never done it, and I would need to learn a lot. So YouTubing. Sidebar. Tanda, Graz, would you two consider YouTubing a skill? It's probably a skill class point three, but yeah, I think it's in there. I mean, it, it doesn't. You just click on the button. I, I don't know. I'm. I, I would. I think YouTubing is quite a skill because it's like you. You have to sort through all of this kind of noise, and you have to pick out the good stuff and I, I think that is a pretty good skill oh you know you've got a point if if you found the wrong video on knife making it could really lead you down a path you didn't want to take oh i've i've watched many bad knife videos and then many good ones and it's you do have to kind of differentiate between the two all right i'm, I'm gonna go with the consensus on this oh, oh look tom's waking up Oh, Tom, you know what, man? Um, we're gonna give it to you on this one just because i don't think you're gonna give us anything better tanda what skill goes well with knife making? Well, after talking about all this knife making and, and grinding and, uh, you know, cutting yourself, I, I think it's something that you've got to really pay, pay very close attention to. You can't be, you can't be distracted. So I'm going to say sleeping. Oh my God. Tanda, you can't use sleeping. I told you like eight episodes in a row, sleeping is not a skill. Okay. I'm trying to get better at it. You need an actual skill to use with knife making tanda come on tanda he just he just thinks it's not a skill because he sucks at it yeah i mean i i think everyone here is jealous of graz oh oh, sorry sorry tanda sidebar sleeping skills are off the off the chart (laughs) tanda sidebar yeah sorry uh i meant i meant to say it here uh he just doesn't think it's a skill because he sucks at it oh he's coming back 
Hey, I have a I have a sidebar now that I'm holding one. Does Leatherman make a left-handed Leatherman? Ooh, that's that's a good question. I can't open it with my left hand. I can only do it with my right hand. And Which one is that? This is the wave. Who's this sidebar with, Graz? <laughs> no, I think he's just generally. Yeah, he's just, having just, a sidebar just, with the audience. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm I'm just throwing it out there because it just popped into my head. And I'm left-handed, and this is kind of not cool, Leatherman. You need to talk with Laura Kampf. She's got some pull with them. See if they can get a left-handed Leatherman. Seriously. It doesn't take that much. Well, it probably does, but get on it, Leatherman. Would they call it a left-handed Leatherman? Leatherman? An, an LL? They call it the lefty leather. The leather lefty? Something or like that. Would they then have to label all the other ones right-handed yeah, ones? I'll, like, it seems a we'll little... Just call it a lefty man. They'd have to do a recall. They'd definitely have to Lefty do a recall man. of all of their knives so that they could then rebrand the right-handed ones. Mm. Right-handed mm. leather. Because a number of left-handed people get hurt every year okay. using right-handed uh, objects. <laughs> so underreported. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They'll get blowback from the left-handed community for pandering. Be like thumbs down, just left-handed thumbs down. <laughs> left-handed thumbs down. <laughs> Ooh, is the thumbs down left-handed or right-handed on Facebook? I'll let you know in 30 seconds. All right, we're coming back. The audience is done listening. Tanda, uh, you still need to give us a skill for what goes well with knife making. I'm going to say heat treating, knowing knowing your metallurgy. Okay, yeah, I'll accept that. I'll accept that. So that is a skill. You can do that. You can definitely do that badly. I'm sure Graz will attest to if you heat treat badly, it can ruin a knife. For sure, I've I've melted through knives, uh, by accident before. I made a, I made a, a forge out of my old barbecue. Actually, no, it was a bucket forge at that point, and uh, I I added too much uh power on the vacuum, and it made the, the fire too hot, and I pulled it out, and it was just like, bloop. See you later. Mm. So, lesson learned. So, PJ, I, I gotta be honest, I'm kind of shocked that nobody picked this. The obvious one for me is blacksmithing. I mean, that's that's like the mm. no-brainer, you know, that goes with, you know, goes with knife making like, you know, cookies and ice cream. It, uh, Tom, Gross, sidebar. more bladesmithing than blacksmithing. Oh, good. It, I was going to call one. Um, what you got? I, I still don't think PJ's caught on that, that we always work really hard to leave an easy one for him because it's kind of his podcast and we want him to look good. And uh, right. I think he always thinks we just overlooked it. When in fact we're we're leaving it for him, so naturally, yeah, that's it's the strangest thing. Yeah, yeah. I just you know what though you got you know we give him such a hard time. I mean every episode he spends at least three hours trying to get us on the call to begin with. The least we could do is just you know throw him a throw him a underhand pitch once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Oh look, he's he's finally got his headphones back on. Hey PJ. Yeah. So that's I mean, a good one. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I figured that somebody else was going to take it. My backup was actually cooking because, you know, that if you're what? making knives, I mean, cooking is the perfect well, skill. Now to you're ruining oh, it. then can, can I recall mine? I'll say murder. Mur- murder. That, <laughs> Ooh, you know, murder's that's, a good one. We don't support that that's on this show. Skill that's not, uh, that's, <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not into the illegal skills. Yeah. But if you were going to murder, knife making is a good skill. Yeah. I, I think knife making, it would be like the, it's okay in the superstitions. You'd have you know. like the, the, the media would give you really cool nicknames and stuff like that. Not that I condone it, but I'm just saying you probably would get like a cool Netflix docu-series from that. 
uh, this took a dark totally. turn very quickly from <laughs> cooking to murder. I, I don't, uh, please, please don't murder and then cook your victims either. That's also bad. Just, uh, just don't do it. <laughs> well, don't, definitely don't cook them before. We need more listeners because I'm not, I mean, that's a message that I think needs to get out to a lot of people. I mean, we, we don't want them to not hear that and <laughs> so, then like carry on thinking it's okay. So don't murder your fan base is what you're saying. Yes. Right, but if you are... I'm just saying we need a bigger fan base because all of those people who aren't listening to the show are murdered. maybe off like murdering people just because they haven't been told that it's not a good idea. We need to do a PSA. Yeah. Don't murder. How's that? But if you are going to cook them, definitely murder them first. <laughs> and now it's time for Give Me Your Best Guest. Yeah. All right. <laughs> As is customary with our guest shows, we have uh, Graz. Give me your best guess is where we focus on your expanded skill set. So we know that knife making is your dominant skill. So in the top five, there's four other skills. What are your four other top skills that you have? In, in life or in the kind of maker world? Well, you know, we've never defined that. You can uh, you can pretty much name any skills that you'd like to that you know you'd like to discuss in detail. I think. Well, I think my number one skill that I've been working at for twenty five years, probably video production and um, and kind of mm-hmm. all all aspects of video production, from shooting to editing to color correction, color grading, all of that stuff has kind of been kind of my kind of that's that's been your career yeah that's been my career i've been doing it almost as long as i can remember since my folks bought a video camera when i was like 12 i've just been doing it and i've always been attracted to it yeah it, it i've just kind of parlayed it into one job after another after another and it it kind of like making maker videos is kind of the the perfect thing that it, i've been inadvertently studying for now you uh, you used to work for Carol um, the parent company for Carolina Boots and you did um, fashion shoots for like I don't know if that's a yeah. glamorized way of saying it but where you'd go on location and and you'd shoot footwear and was there clothing involved I can't remember. yeah I mean the the my previous job um, was for H H Brown and they own twenty different shoe brands so I was the 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 sole pun intended video guy and. Um, I, I, so every every brand would want different videos. So like one one week I'd produce a Carolina video with Jackman or Jimmy, and then the next week I would be on a beach shooting a model for Born shoes, and then I would be doing something for Bowling shoes, and then so it was just kind of it would mm-hmm. for like kind of revolving door of different styles and 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 different videos, which always kind of kept me on my toes, and then. Before that, I worked at Reebok and Adidas, kind of more in the in the shoe world. I was, I jokingly say, I was the Al Bundy of video producers, and uh, so you worked at a Foot Locker, basically. <laughs> Is that what you? Yeah, okay. Um, and then, but yeah, before that, I um, I worked. I, I kind of had a small little business back when DVDs were big and um, the internet didn't kill uh, the music industry. Uh, I had a little um, production company located out of Boston that we would shoot local and national bands and then we would like produce a multi-camera shoot at a local uh, venue and then we would package it up and then try to pitch it to them to release like either online or included with their dvd and so i got to travel Hmm. and go to a bunch of cool shows and meet a bunch of cool musicians and stuff so that was really neat 
and then I mean I'm just kind of doing a from now to then and then I just kind of studied it all through high school and stuff like that back when VHS was big I learned on VHS and reel-to-reel editing which is kind of an antiquated way of did you really yeah to put it simply an antiquated way I graduated in 1913 it always makes me feel a little better when uh, when I watch like your videos and I'm like, man, how come these people are just like so good at this? And and I try to make something, it just sucks. And so I feel, I don't know, maybe two and a half percent better. Not not that much better. But, but I feel a little bit better when I'm like, oh, okay, so they've been doing it for like a long time. So I shouldn't feel quite so bad yeah. about my sucky my sucky videos. To me, it's the opposite because I haven't been making as long as, as, as everyone. So it was just kind of like what I what I don't bring to the table as far as my experience of making goes. I can kind of compensate as far as video production goes. So I'll, I'll make the video entertaining as, or as hopefully entertaining and then kind of put some knowledge in there too is basically my goal with my videos is to I try to bring the person at zero to my level way faster than I got there. And so hopefully right. I can kind of mm-hmm. uh, convey that in a pretty good way of storytelling and keep it entertaining. Even if you don't want to do that, you'll still be entertained with, with some of my videos. No, they, they definitely have a good pace and, and they're consistent, um, which is the other thing I notice with people who have, you know, some actual, you know, professional experience is video to video. There's there's a consistency. Thank you. Whereas yeah. like, you know, the average person like me is just hacking something out. It's like there are no videos that even have the same look, the same color, the same, you know, side of the shop, anything, anything the same. If you found anything the same in anything I've ever, I mean, of the few that I've put out there, it it would just be by chance. But inversely, I mean, when you look at Paul Jackman's first video, I mean, he literally had the camera up in the corner. It looked like a security camera. He didn't edit anything. And to see where he's gone to as far as production goes now is super impressive in a short period of time like six or seven years now which is like right it's very very impressive what he's he's done in uh the production value i mean his woodworking is second to none but his like video production is really really uh impressive as far as what he can he can do yeah so so he's the guy with the security cam that jimmy's always talking about like the worst thing you can do <laughs> yeah i mean, it, I mean it's, it's early paul yeah it was it was it's funny that the, the his first video i think he made a a toilet topper out of pallet wood and it's actually still on our toilet right now but like if, if you if you scroll down through all of his videos it's his first one and you can definitely tell it's duresta inspired because it's just sped up but he doesn't move the right. camera at all doesn't edit i mean he might might edit i haven't watched it in a couple of years but we we were just kind of giggling about that last time when we were kind of on set not shooting we were just kind of talking about old videos and that was the first one he did and then he pushed me to make video so i was like all right i gotta make a video and so then i i just started doing it now Graz, you mentioned that you learned in high school but did you after high school go to school for uh, production yeah i um so i did tv production for four years in high school and then right out of high school i was hired from my high school to do like all sports games and all like local town events but i went to um, a two-year school called mass communication college for two years got my associates and then from there helped my buddy do a lot of live production stuff then i started my own thing and then kind of did that for a while and then i actually went back to school for two more years finally got my bachelor's degree and then throughout all of that time i've always just kind of 
fell back on video because it's just one of those like I, I felt like I was pretty decent at it so and it, it paid the bills so I couldn't couldn't turn my back on it and it, and it's treated me well so far so you and I met uh, a couple years ago at Tony's Slip and Slide Party. You were there with uh, Kevin Lazat. Yeah. And uh, we, we talked briefly, but I don't think we ever talked about the fact that um, I, I went to New York Film Academy, so I was in the film and television industry oh, nice. since uh, 2008. I, I think we did briefly talk about that, if I remember correctly. I thought so. I've, I've mostly gotten out of that. So I'm, I'm pretty much like um, the most editing I do is like the podcast at this point. Yeah. But I still have like all my gear. Like if I wanted to go into full production, I have a full lighting kit and all my camera and everything like that. But for the most part, I kind of burned out. So the fact that you're still doing it is is impressive. Well, I, I have no other discernible skills. So <laughs> it's one of those. those I mean, I, I've always loved it. it. It's always just been super a, a super creative way of basically getting paid or keeping the lights on. And it's just something that, I mean, even if there's stuff that, I mean, there, there were days when I was kind of burned out in my previous job where it was just like, how many pairs of shoes, how, how do I resell these shoes in a, a creative way? But there was always, always little things I, I'm continuing to learn. I mean, it's like any skill. It's like you, you do it a million times. It might get a little boring, but every once in a while you'll pick up one other thing that you're like, oh, I'll put this in the bank of of skills that now I'm kind of leveled up again. So one of the last things I, I, I did for my previous job, I, I got to go on a cattle drive uh, down in Texas, down in Alpine, Texas. And um, just the, the video guys there taught me a ton and we were shooting on the red camera and I have some of the footage and it's some of the best stuff I ever shot. And it was just one of those amazing experiences, amazing people and just trying to be a, always be a sponge and try to soak up as much information as possible. And, and trying to leave your ego at the door being like, yeah, I've done this for 20 years, but I'm like, no, 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 teach me this new camera. I want to try to get the best best possible picture, best possible production, and just kind of leave it at the door and, and just be kind of a, always be a student, basically. I think that's one of the neat things about the film industry is that you, you know, the, the set can change and you can you can learn things just while you're there filming it because you're always filming something of interest or it's not worth filming and so that's always kind of this secondary education in whatever you're filming and and the the crazy thing and it was like it was hard for me and initially is when we started shooting the show being on the other side of the camera for once for, for like kind of the first time really being an on-camera presence instead of behind the camera just being like you should probably move the camera over. and i was like mm. You, you you're you're the professional i'm sorry but i mean it was cool to like um have that connection with everyone on set i mean we would kind of geek out over all the, the the cameras they were using the lighting the audio people i just asked them a ton of questions and like what kind of lens do you use is that your camera what kind of camera is that why are you using 4k as opposed to 2k or stuff like that but it was a it, that was a super cool experience to be kind of on both sides. I went through a similar thing when I started my YouTube videos, coming from like a classic cinema background, and then I was looking at you know like Jimmy and Jackman and all these other people making videos, and you know you compare it to like film school stuff, and it's just like ah oh, these these videos are total garbage. I mean there's like no you know there's no real story arc there's no like there's no cinematic shots there's like all this like everything's gone so then i'm looking at it and going 
okay, I don't want to do like a full production by myself to show someone how to make something out of wood. So I had the hardest time just figuring out like a style. And, you know, I, I, so I know exactly like, and also like you were saying, I was always behind the camera. I was never the talent. So when you're putting yourself in as, as the subject, your, your entire perspective changes, even though you wouldn't think it does. Um, but it definitely makes you look at things in a very, very different way. And now I've gotten to the point where I'm, I'm not sure if you feel the same way. Um, I do whatever I feel like doing. Like, I don't even think about whether or not it's a good idea. Uh, I have a video where I am riding a Rockwell jaw horse as a horse, <clears throat> waving a hat, okay, just because I felt like doing it. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think that's that's one of the, the things that I guess I, I really enjoy doing with making make videos is that I have 100% input of like yeah it's cool if people like the video but it's like this is who i am this is my my art and it's like i could do whatever i want and i think the most fun i have is in the edit where i can start forming even more jokes through editing and through title sequencing and sound effects and just just packing it in as, as entertaining as possible and just kind of recalling or like a little homage to like even like a Buster Keaton bit. I remember we we even shot during the the TV show, and I was like, I kind of want to do that, and they let you. But in your videos, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to ask anybody. So it's like it's really a, a wonderful outlet to just kind of this is my blank canvas. This is my art. I can do whatever I want with it. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to skill number two, or in the list <laughs> actually skill skill number three because we have night making, we have production work. What is your third skill that you would say is in your top five? Oh, jeez, Tom. Oh, man. I got I got to pace myself. I, I think, I mean, even in the last year or so through the whole pandemic, I, I, I think I've tried to really step up my cooking skills. So I think that's that's a kind of a side skill that I think everyone should kind of work on. And once you kind of understand the kind of science behind it, your food taste level goes way higher because once you get good at something you can kind of understand how everything works in conjunction with each other that's always a good skill to have and i, I find and you can use knives to make a meal and kind of one one kind of scratches the other's back absolutely or you or use making a meal to show off your knives i it, mean exactly you, you have a kind of a stage for showing off your knives exactly yeah. all right let's go to skill number four. Oh man I, I peak at three. I think I have three skills. Um, <laughs> oh, man. You're, you're going to struggle when we get to the, the three additional bonus skills and PJ starts asking you. The, yeah, I was going to say making a making a top five list is not on my, my list of skills. So number four is being self-aware of your skills. Yeah. <laughs> number four is knowing that I need to, to up my skill level in, in other aspects. Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, I mean, I, I'm I've always been a tinkerer of things, so I, I guess I, I used to be. I mean, I I'm not always as cool as I look, but I used to be a pretty big computer nerd back in the day. So I guess computers used to be kind of my kind of weapon of choice as far as my hobby went. So are you talking about like building computers or like coding? Um, I a little uh, coding not so much, but I, I used to let <laughs> this the I used to like to. Um, mess around with the phones 
and and like kind of phone freak as the the old school nerds would say that's awesome and so mm-hmm. i used to i used to do some some of that make my own like dialers for pay phones and stuff like that and take out the crystals and add new crystals to replicate the sounds of a payphone and stuff like that so i was a pretty big nerd back in the day going to mit flea markets and getting old computer parts and putting stuff together taking it apart troubleshoot i'm still the troubleshooting computer guy for friends and family oh man tom you and i have to go to an mit flea market now yes oh it's every i think every third sunday of every uh and every month Still? it's incredible oh my god it's incredible like last last time i was there i was there a couple years ago someone someone was selling an enigma machine from world oh, war man. Two. i was like really yeah i've seen i've seen like create like someone was selling like an iron lung there <laughs> i was like eh, that could be kind of wow. cool to have a a, a, a mine sweeper in case wow. your yard has mines in it but like all all computer stuff. <laughs> Do and... you really want to up your Minesweeper game? <laughs> Play for real. Yeah, you guys should definitely definitely check it out if if you're into that because they have some pretty awesome stuff. That's cool. Yeah, I've been to Tom's backyard. He definitely needs one of those. <laughs> yeah, we we had one here for. I mean, it was just the the local research labs and universities used to have them, and I almost bought a a. Uh, scanning tunneling electron microscope once which i had absolutely no use for but it would have just been the coolest thing to just have sitting off to the you know oh it's the best conversation piece just i mean it was back it was back when they had a table i mean it was like a desk with this vacuum tube (laughs) rising up out of the back of it so if nothing else you could have a great desk with a conversation piece that sounds like a cool desk that's why i kept that x-ray machine around so long dude yeah just people are like what is that yeah you had that like dental x-ray machine thing that's pretty rad the last piece the last piece is actually in my van ready to go to the dump that's awesome giving up on it. Is it it like radioactive do you have to like get like hazmat team to come in no no so i googled all that before i bought it i only paid 40 bucks for it which is really why i bought it but the 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 metals it's like cobalt and something else and when you pass electricity through that's when the x-rays are created generated i'm not sure how to say it and that's radioactive but when there's no electricity there's no like the the waste isn't radioactive interesting medical equipment's a big deal though i mean in another life when i was building control stuff and doing the scrap scrap metal machines we built in radiation detectors into the scrap metal loaders and they were insane to test them we had this little capsule it was like the size of a like a capsule like you would take with medicine in it of um i think it was cesium and in a metal bin that would hold forty thousand pounds of scrap metal you could put that somewhere in the bin and as it rolled across the radiation detector on its way into the sea container, it would alarm out and stop you and shut down the machine to keep you from, from sending it off somewhere. That's crazy. Cause the scrapyards can get blacklisted for selling radioactive material and a lot of medical waste and stuff ends up somehow getting into scrapyards. And so they're really picky about not reselling it to someone else. Man, I need one of those for my shop. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. All right. We're up to skill number five. What's your final skill, Cross? Final skill. Oh no. I don't this is tough. Not organization. That's that's not up there for me. Um <laughs> I, I think uh, maybe uh, teaching. 
I guess. I, I, I feel like I, I'm, a, I like I'm a pretty good uh, teacher of stuff I know that I can kind of sit yes. someone down and, and speak to them in a way that they're not. It's, I'm not speaking down to them and I'm trying to bring them through the journey of learning. So and the I, opposite of what we do here is what you're saying. Basically, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think I think teaching computers to building stuff. I'm always, I always want people to come to the shop and be like, "Hey, do do you want to learn something?" Because I want to keep that sharp (pun intended) of of being able to take the knowledge I've accrued and and pass it on to someone else in a way that's kind of digestible, and they'll actually have at least some of the knowledge stick when they leave. That's that's the best. I mean, I I do a class every other week at our makerspace and just seeing someone like, you know, kind of that light up from something they didn't know a few minutes before and now they know and their wheels are turning like, "Oh, now I could make that thing." Yeah, it's um, it's and just giving that to someone is is really rewarding, I think. It it was really cool. It was I mean, un- unfortunately we, we lost Aaron a, a couple weeks ago, but during the show, um, one of the cameramen was very interested in, in welding, and I would I would go to Jimmy's on the weekend, and Aaron would help me out, just kind of improving my my welding skills, as 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 he was the the type of person to do that. You just ask him, he'll show up and give you all the information that you need, which was awesome. And then the cameraman, there, it was during like prime prime day, and I was like, hey Carl, the, there's a welder that's only three hundred bucks. You should buy it. And then we could like we could weld one night once you're done. And he's like, yeah, I've, I've always wanted to, and I was afraid to pull the trigger. And so I was like, dude, just do it now because you're you're saving yourself 150 bucks, 200 bucks if you just buy it now. He gets it. We go to the the thing, and Aaron's there, kind of helping me. And then he, I'm kind of teaching him what Aaron taught me. And at the end of the night, he had this kind of glow on him, a glow about him. And he has just like this piece of metal and he was like, I'm a welder now. I welded these two things together. I ground it down and it's, it's one piece now. I'm totally going to start welding when I get back to my farm. And it was like the coolest payoff that you could just see how like proud he was and excited that he wanted to just start this new skill and kind of start going down the path. And now that he had the kind of initial skills to get there, he just kind of wanted to take the baton and, and run with it. That's awesome. I had no idea until this point that Fozzie Bear was one of the cameramen. That that is fantastic. <laughs> Wait, what? Did I miss something? <laughs> your your accent. M- my accent? <laughs> I can't do it. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, wait, was, is that, oh, that was that was Carl. Oh, wow, that's great. That's sounds, rude. Sounds just like I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. go weld every day now. And then, and then he he ran down the street like this, like a muppet. Waka waka. Yeah, yeah. He, he had this like Kermit. Actually, run. now that I'm hearing it again, maybe it was Kermit. Maybe yeah. it wasn't Fozzie Bear. I'm not yeah, sure. Could have been either. But he was very excited, and now he now I we we stay in contact, and I'm like, hey, that's Carl, awesome. what, have you have you started welding anything yet? And He's he's been shooting other jobs, but he's still super excited to to send me his progress pictures. That's great. I too am a bad welder, uh, and all I have is a very very poor uh, Harbor Fruge flux core welder, which does a really bad job. But I was able to fabricate this week a upper guide assembly from scraps uh, for a bandsaw. That's awesome. And, um, so if you've ever seen those, they look like a Y shape. Depending on the on the model of the flux core, have you seen the the mods you can do by taking like transformers and put the, putting them into the 
somehow wiring them in and, and it really makes the welder a much much better welder for ver- tom it's something that you, I, I feel like you'd be able to do in like a weekend yeah is this specific to the harbor freight welders or i, I think so it- it's it's the way the, the the power is and it runs through a transformer and it i i don't know i, I was too afraid that i'd kill myself but I'm not good at electronic, like <laughs> as far as like wiring electronics go, but it doesn't seem like a difficult thing to do as long as you can just get the transformers and then it's supposed to vastly improve the, the, the quality of welds from the flux core welder. So I can huh. tear the entire thing apart and rewire it six ways to Sunday. The problem is I hate it. Like I'd rather buy something else and fix that up because this weld. So here's my problem. The welder has two settings, high and low. And if you look online or you look mm-hmm. at the manual, it doesn't tell you what those settings mean. Like it doesn't give you like a range of thickness or temperature or current or anything. You have no idea what you're supposed to be using it for. I would like something that gives me like a number range and it says, use this for eighth inch steel, use this for quarter inch steel, you know. Uh, you know, use it for something, and there's just nothing. And so I, I want to get a welder that gives me at least a clue as to what I should be doing, and that I would be willing to change out a transformer or spend more money on. This one I wouldn't. They're, they're bound to be out there because, like, Lincoln has dropped their price down to the point with, like, the 210s and stuff. They're bound to be, like, 180s, which are decent little welders, like the Lincoln 180. Yeah, even the, the 140 is. Um, available that people are selling to move up to the 210s and stuff. What do those go for? I mean, so they're probably they're probably out there. The one I purchased was, like, a super, super, like, inexpensive. It's called, like, the company is called the Yes Welder. And it's it's a multi-process welder. It's got TIG, stick, stick, mm-hmm. and MIG, and it's really good for like what it is. It, it's impressive. Like it impressed me how good it was because we're using the 140 at Jimmy's, and I was using that one, and, and we couldn't differentiate the quality of like at least MIG welding. And it's lift TIG, and so I mean, it's it's good enough for me. So, right. I mean, and it was only yeah. like I think it was. $330 on, on sale, but I think it's like 420 not on sale. So it's still totally, mm. I mean, it's affordable compared to a mm. lot of welders out there. And, and if you want to get into it and get your toe wet, I think that's the, the one to go, go with. Was that our best guess? I don't know, but it was a guest. All right, it's time for short and sweet. Graz, you have anything you want to say to wrap up the show? Um, I'm just I'm gonna say uh, don't murder. We were joking earlier. Don't murder anyone under any circumstance. Good advice. Good advice. Absolutely. Uh, Tom, do you have anything you want to add to wrap up the show? I I don't think so. I think I'm good this week. You're welcome. All right. It's less for me to edit. Tanda, do you have anything for short and sweet? Yeah, you should go check out uh, Graz Makes. It's a it's a good YouTube channel, oh, that's and a good uh, yeah, lots of good stuff out there. I'm kind of geeky. So. And a new website. Yeah, and and the Graz Makes oh, website as well. Which, if you were paying attention to Graz's Instagram, you'd know that, Tom. I just launched it like two weeks ago. No, I literally was just I was just looking. You may have to actually I was just looking. You for may it. have to like clear your cache because it was doing that to me. It was just directly going to my YouTube page. But yeah, I have a new website, GrazMakes.com. Right. Check it out. I have some shirts and, and merch and stuff. 
But I'm going to start putting uh, some knives up that I make every once in a while on there just to nice. throw it up there, see if anyone wants anything. But, yeah, if you guys want a shirt or anything, I got uh, new new design shirts from my buddy Charlie Fogel who made my initial logo with the beard and the grass thing. Super talented illustrator. And it's, and it's not just knives. So uh, I think the first video of yours I, I watched was the... Uh, the CNC, the like mostly printed CNC. Yes, that that thing. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, when I when I make videos, it's it's not always knife making. It's it's basically any ridiculous project I, I come up with, and I think if it's going to be a good video, I'll try to make that. I hate to bring this up, but you you missed your opportunity. Uh, the website should have been grazcells dot com. Mm. Either that, or I, I'm thinking mm. uh, grazers dot com. I a, think that's taken. <laughs> Pretty sure that's taken. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Grouse, what's your password for uh, the TV show oh. uh, tab? That'd be great. It, it, every, every, real quick. I can't. Nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. I can't. Nobody's listening. I can't tell. Maybe I'll tell you off air, and I, you can see some behind the scenes. All right, hold on, hold on one second. Side sidebar, Graz. Yeah. Nobody can hear us now. What's the password? <laughs> <laughs> I will text you the password. <laughs> All right. If I remember, wait. All right, cool. Yeah, I think <laughs> I'll click forgot password. Just give me the the other information. I may have to change it because I, I think I may have forgot it. I think I remember it. I'm gonna yeah. double check that I, I remember it. That's awesome. But yeah, new website. <laughs> I I made it with Squarespace, not not an ad or sponsor, but it was super easy with that thing to to do it. So that's cool. Yeah, a little bit. If you want to learn a little bit about me or. If, uh, we're back. All right. So yeah, if anyone <laughs> wants to come to the shop, uh, go to grazmakes.com. All the information's there where the shop is. Drop me a line. If you're ever in Salem, Massachusetts, come out, hang out, make something. We'll go grab a beer, grab food in historical downtown Salem. Tom's really unfamiliar with the panel, and so he often forgets to push the magic button that takes you back out of a sidebar. It happens. Yeah. 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 I also don't do my research. There's lots of things that could improve. APJ, hey, what do you what have you got for short and sweet? Well, uh our top Patreon supporters are Tanda Madison, our very own Tanda, and Creator Nader. So we're gonna start doing our top Patreon supporters. And we have a new Patreon member, Emery Pickering, is on board. So That's hey. Sigma Woodcraft. Mm-hmm. So if you guys would like to be a supporter of the show, please go to patreon.com forward slash makerskills so that we can continue to upgrade the equipment so the sound gets better, but the content stays the same and gets probably worse over time. Don't discourage them. I mean, I'm just being honest. But that's it. That's all I've got. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maker Skills. If you should need more skill information, you can find us on Instagram at maker.skills. You can also email us at makerskillspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at PJ Galati, son of the junk hunter on Instagram and YouTube. You can find Tanda at Tanda Madison on Instagram, and you can find Tom at Infinite Craftsman on Instagram. We welcome any comments. Please leave us five-star reviews on Apple so that we can make more skill madness come your way. See you next time. I say, old chap, it's time for Patreon's parlor. 
So Emery Pickering came in at the $5 level, which gets him a custom skill set bequeathed upon him by this panel of, of makers. Where should we start? Who has some suggestions as to what mm. custom skill we can give Emery? Top of my head, the Sigma Touch. Anytime he touches wood, it turns to metal. Too severe? I, I wasn't aware that Sigma meant metal. Well, it's not the Midas Touch. That's gold. The, the Sigma. So it could be quality related, like like six six Sigma. Crazy alchemy. I mean, six six Sigma, sigma yes. is a Greek letter. So I mean, what if he? Well, Sigma's Sigma's a Greek letter. Yeah. So it could be a Greek woodcrafting skill. Is there a Greek wood? I mean, I know olive wood is specific to to Italy, but is there a Greek wood that's well known? Tom, I'm working Tom's on looking it. Looking it hmm. up. I don't think so. I mean, like if we could find like a tree that only grows in Greece, and then he could he could turn any wood into that wood. I mean, that'd be a pretty cool skill to have. You know, you just wait. How do you spell Greece? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Tom! Really? Maybe a tree. Oh, maybe this is a, hurting my brain. A tree that grows in olive oil. Not like Greece, Zerks. Greece, well, the country. Yeah. Google is fighting me, and I don't like it. Oh Was it auto-correcting Greece into something like the John Travolta yeah, movie? Yeah, but now I don't know how to spell it because it's too. With the- I'm not spelling it for you, Tom. Figure it out. All right, I'm on it. <laughs> So you know, in the fifteen at the fifteen hundreds, it was Jerice. Oh my What's god, Kagarice with the yeah. silent K. No, I'm just going to the world map, zooming out and finding Greece, and that is how I'm going. So apparently, if Tom's yeah. how about the ability to turn turn Greece yeah, into did. anything? Yeah, Tom's skill uh, spelling not not high on there. Right. No, no. Tom has a negative five in spelling. Species only from. Greece. What you're seeing now, Graz, is basically like Tom is supposed to do research prior to the show, which he refuses to do. But during the show, when he's actually supposed to be working, all he does is research. Like oh, yeah, he ignores that, what we're talking about. He has that, no idea what the show topic is. He he buys stuff on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Busts out the Ninja Turtles. I think you should just that, send. That would be a that no. would be a skill. You should just send about, your your Patreons just a random Ninja Turtle as a thank you. I think that's a great idea. I threw them all in my recycling bin. I'll go get them out. You threw them in your recycling bin? We only have like nine Patreons. We probably could do that. Yeah, you're sitting on gold right there. What are you doing? Are you going to throw your Beanie Babies out next? I'm purging. That that box of Ninja Turtles has been sitting in my basement workspace for over a year, and it's time to go. What would a Sigma Ninja do? I got an idea. Hold on, Tanda. That 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 would be a skill. So I think what you should do, Tom... You've got the Singer sewing machine. You should make some yeah. really tiny T-shirts and then make a really mm-hmm. little silk screen. Or maybe you could use the laser and burn into the shirts Johnson's hardware and then put it on all the Ninja Turtles and send them to the Patreon members. That's a great idea. You have a, you have a laser, don't you, Tom? I do. I have two lasers now. Laser flex. Get, get some imitation suede. Go down and go down and get some imitation suede. Yeah. And you can cut it you can cut it with the laser and it makes a nice edge oh. because it's basically polyester, so it makes an edge that won't fray. Singing. 
and then you go over it lightly yeah. and it will look like branded leather. So get like a brown or a colored, a green or whatever imitation suede and you can throw it on your laser and it's great for making patches and stuff because you can cut it with the laser and then you can make it look like a brand Tom, with your laser. Do you, do you have a, do you have a K40? That's or cool. Something? I do. Yep. Have you aligned that thing? I have one and it is so hard to align. Oh no, it's easy. What? Must be you must be user error. <laughs> oh, it totally is. I'm just like, hey, look at that. I'm creating fire. <laughs> and then it's just like No, I think uh I upgraded like eight hundred parts on that thing. No, I did it. It took me a little it took me a little bit, but I was Didn't you didn't you buy a bunch of like upgrades like little accessory stuff that you found like a, a video on little accessory stuff tom to make it work. yeah i i upgraded like all the things i could oh. with like the i put a new board in I, I got new mirrors i did the whole thing did you really yeah but it's uh it's still it's a it's still i don't know what i'm doing but i just can't are you even is it hitting the first mirror it's hitting the first mirror and then after that it just kind of it, i don't i don't know i don't know if it's too hot did you replace did you replace the lenses yeah yeah replaced all the lenses um it's just dialing it, wow. dialing those little like knobs in. It's just a pain, and it's just like when you move it to like the the furthest point where the X and Y go, it's like it's it just goes off and it's never as sharp. But that's that, that's huh. for another time. Maybe 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 make a visit down to. Let's see. I could be there in three hours. I'll be there in three. Oh hours. yeah, I forgot. I've... It'll be midnight, one o'clock. Yeah, no, but I'll be here. Don't worry about I'll, it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll make a meal for you. Just leave a pillow out for yeah, me. Yeah, I have a, I have, a, I have one more Hello Fresh we could do. Wait, we're supposed to be giving Sigma a power a superpower. I forgot all about oh, it. Oh, power flight next. Next, <laughs> flight's not a skill. Yeah, we can't give him that. What the ability to fly is a skill. It just isn't because it does, nobody can yeah, do if, it. Yeah, if you're not good, you crash. So it, now, I think how it's about a, okay? So how about just like Sigma soaring? We'll give him the, and then it's not really flying. It's just like the ability, like if you fall. Falling with style. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like the falling with style of, of makery. The sigma, sigma soaring. Like, like say you, say you like get caught on your wood lathe and it shoots you across the room. Before you hit the wall, you can kind of like bank and then soar back onto a piece of plywood. Like a squirrel. Yeah. A flying squirrel. Like a flying or a squirrel. sugar glider. Sigma squirrel. The Sigma Sugar Glider soaring, uh, soaring capability. Bam! I, I gotta say that's a that's a really weird skill to give somebody. That's a, basically turning in, into Gumby. I think that means we nailed it. <laughs> I would be happy if someone gave me that skill. I'll take any level of flying. Yes, yes, please. Uh, okay. I mean, yeah, it's it's not truly flying, so you know. But okay. sigma soaring well, is a form of flying, well, especially if you're like on a roof. It seems like I'm overruled here. Um, so uh, Emery, your your skill is the sigma soaring. Uh, you're you you can fly around your workshop and hover apparently two inches above the ground um, on a small gust of wind. And um, by the power invested in the four of us. Oh, if you flap, if you flap a little like a sigma saurus. You can actually pick up some altitude. Yeah, put a little effort in. Yeah. What the f- is a Sigmasaurus? Well, you. <laughs> Sigmasaurus is what Sigma soaring was named after. Well, no, he has to pay for the the ten dollar Patreon, and then we'll tell you. It's like a it's like a pterodactyl. It's like one of those can, yeah. knife wielding pterodactyls. Oh my god. Oh. 
Oh, we're we're pronouncing the P in pterodactyl now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, back before the 1500s, they pronounced the P just like knife. (laughs) Pterodactyl sigma soaring. I think it's a great skill. That's great. So, so we're giving him a dino skill. Is that what you're trying to say? Definitely. He's got he's got a Jurassic skill. Shoe fits. Yeah. All right. All right. Fine. Uh, Um, Emery, apparently now you're part reptile. I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, it wasn't my choice. I'm being overruled here. Um, Flying reptile. Congratulations. That's all <laughs> I could say. I, I don't. I don't know. That's that's it. Good luck. Indeed. Nothing better than the Queen's word. Hmm. Cheerio.